and welcome once again to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. We're on about episode 138. Thanks again if you're watching on YouTube, listening on iTunes or Spotify. It's great that um, you listen to um, our opinions. And uh, it's nice when we get nice, nice things said about us. Mark Lyson, the referee, come and spoke to me at the weekend. I think he enjoyed the Carl Grease one and the, the, the recent Ryan Walsh one, he was saying. Anyway, you know me, Steve Lillis. You know John Evans. And tonight's uh, special guest, a fellow who's a lively chap, decent bloke, and uh, it will say more than capable boxer, McCauley McGowan. How are you, McCauley? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm good, yeah. I think about getting you back on again. You were too busy the other week, and you you always go down a storm. But um, just looking at you, just looking at your year. I know you boxed the other week when you backed up Mamadoff and did a bit of a number on him. I think, and maybe the corner of Mamadoff could have been a little bit more sympathetic before they were. Um, but five fights this year, so great for you. It means you're always picking over. What's the plans? Um. Looking ahead to 2024, is, is there is it a big fight in the pipeline or just keep winning until the phone goes again for the big one? I, I, I think that would be the case, yeah. Um, we tried nailing down the central area fight um, late for this time, um, I, around this time, but we never got um, finalised. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to win a central area, but yeah, um, it's just a case keep winning and probably look for when the phone goes and Try and snatch a British at some point, a British title shot at least. Yeah, no, it's good. No, I did. Maka, we were talking the other week, weren't we, on the phone? And you said you're just enjoying it at the minute. You know, learn away in the gym, fight every time you can. You know what? You know an opportunity will come at some point. And the next time it comes, you're going to be the best fighter you've ever been when the opportunity presents itself, aren't you? Yeah, of course. Like when I've had opportunities in the past, they've come off like long spells of inactivity or not been the best. So if I just stay in the gym and I keep fighting on small shows where I can or taking opportunities, then when the time does come, I believe I'll I'll take it with both hands this time. Yeah, definitely. Like I've had a great year. I, I started off with a four rounder at cruiserweight, then I boxed in France at super middle, then I boxed at middle, then I boxed at ten uh, eleven two, and then I boxed at ten twelve. So yeah, my weight's come down all year. <laughs> <laughs> A quick question, Steve. See if you know it. Macaulay didn't know it when I asked him. They redesigned the Central Area title belt. Whose face is on the Central Area title belt? Craig Derbyshire. Oh, hey, he's got it. <laughs> Macaulay didn't believe me when I told him that. Yeah, Craig Derbyshire. Absolutely. No doubt about it. I know it's Craig Derbyshire. Oh, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I know he's training Niall Orman very, very well. And he was telling me about it. That's why I know, John. If Macaulay, what will it take to get the Macaulay McGowan face on the area title? I'll have to fight for it about 10 times or defend it. <laughs> There's like, yeah. win it and be the only person to keep defending it. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll press on here and uh, we'll start with round one, John. Have you got your clock and everything? And you start us off, John. Uh, as all as you regularly do, and you want to talk about the turnaround in Katie Taylor's career? Yeah, we got to talk. We got to talk about Katie Taylor, haven't we? Um, do you know what? Unbelievable turnaround! That unbelievable turnaround. I hold my hands up. I was on here last week saying I thought Chantal Cameron was going to might even stop her late this in the in the rematch. Um, I just thought Katie got it dead right. She got her tactics right. She we always knew she'd be fit and determined, but. I think we probably all overlooked that 
boxing IQ and that now she's got. Um, look, I thought she should have got warnings for holding. It was one, two, three, hold. One, two, three, hold. Referee didn't give her a single warning and Katie was clever enough to just keep doing what she was doing, getting away with it. It worked perfectly. Chantel let, let herself get drawn into a fight. But if you'd told me that Katie Taylor would have beat Cameron in that fashion this time last week, I, I probably wouldn't have believed you. But it was a, a sensational turnaround, really, by Taylor. Yeah, I can't comment on the fight, John. I never saw it. I was at the VIP show in Wigan. But uh, when I heard the result, I was, I was on the way back from Wigan following it on Twitter. And I was shocked at the outcome. I mean, I know people want about the knockdown, but I think even if the knockdown, it would have just been a majority split, wouldn't it, or something. I'm not, I'm not sure. I haven't seen the fight, but yeah, I'm shocked by the turnaround with Maka. Yeah, um, I thought when after the first fight, when they made it again, I thought, what's the point in making it again? Chantel's just going to walk straight through her and bash her up. But then, um, I don't know, on the week of the fight, I started thinking, could Katie do this? And I said to Crawler at the old room show, I said, I think Katie's going to win on points, you know. Uh, might be a dodgy points decision, but uh, I think she'll get it on points. And um, he texted me after it saying, we because we, he said the same, because I was thinking, I got this thing in my head saying that uh, Chantel's going to bash her, but I've just changed my mind all of a sudden, because I think in the first fight, she nicked a few of the later rounds, I thought, Katie Taylor, just with them late flurries and grabbing on. So I thought if she could have more energy in the earlier rounds, and then she could hang on in the late ones. But, yeah, it seems like that was what, what she did. Chantel looked like she was running out of answers sometimes or getting annoyed at the holding. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that's where she was getting, getting annoyed by it, but she didn't have an answer to it. And the referee wasn't warning her. So Katie just carried on doing it. And it, it, it was like a, a female lightweight version of Vladimir Klitschko, Steve, if you've not seen it. <laughs> no, I've not Chantel seen it, no. Chantel the distance. Katie let one or two shots go and hold. Yeah, that was last, week, last weekend's boxing. I won't catch up with it about Wednesday, Thursday. But yeah, you know, fair play to that. And here's to the trilogy. What what, a, what an event that will be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The atmosphere is unbelievable as well. The atmosphere of that free arena seemed crazy, didn't it? Everything, yeah, I know people... They moved. They, they, they cheered. <laughs> yeah, Steve Wood was out. They said it was nuts in there all night. And the noise was incredible. But uh, yeah, um... Fair play, Katie Taylor. That's it. Um, round two. Um, apparently, what is nuts is what I'm going to say. Fight was going in with a nut. Be interested in McCorley's uh, opinion here. I mean, uh, head, you know, more and more, a few high-profile fights lately, or that have been announced days before. Fighters rubbing heads. Security. The promoters doing nothing. Um, I saw Reese Mould and Gary Cully getting at it last week in Ireland, and I just thought it was ridiculous that they was allowed to do it for about. 20 seconds. I mean, we had it with Fury and Usyk the other week. It's going to come a stage where something happens at one of these press conferences. Someone's going to get a cut two days out or a weigh-in and a fight's going to be off. I am just I just think it's ridiculous that promoters let it go on and the security stand there like wet wipes and let it go on. And now, as in Usyk, Fury, just smiling at it all. I think it's really, 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 really dangerous. I don't know if you've been in those. And I know it's combat, but, you know, I, I just think... You've got to be very careful. Something's going to happen one day here. Maka. Yeah, I think it's stupid. I don't always get the the eye. The, you know, when you're staring at someone and the, who's going to look away first, that means you're going to win the fight. I just think it's that stupid. But like, uh, no, like you say, I mean, it's all to do with social media and clickbait and um, how many um, views it gets now. So I think everyone thinks, oh, we'll just let it go on. It'll get a load of views. Whereas it's, it's, it's bullshit, really. It shouldn't, like, 
they're not going to start fighting. They're not even that high tech, not even that high riled up to be like, in, you know, like in a pub when two lads are going at it. It's not even that environment. It's just, it is silly. And, you know, one day, like you say, a big fight is going to go off and then everyone's going to be like, oh, why has that happened? And then the fighter will, the fighter will get fined. The fighter will get pulled and everything. But no one will go onto the promoter or the coaches or the manager who were like egging that sort of stuff on. That's it. They, they keep... Macaulay, what's the longest stare down that made you do at one of those West Wayne's or press conferences? They have them looking at each other now for 20, 30 seconds, don't they? It just used to be, look at each other, look at the cameras, off you go. Now they hold it for about a minute. Have you? What's the longest you've ever been? I don't know. You know I, just I, look I, just look I, away. I just, like, I have a bit of a stare down and look away. I remember when I fought Tyler Denny, like, I, I have looked away and he carried on looking and I, I looked back up and said, oh, we're still doing this. And he, <laughs> and then he, and then he, he just laughed himself and said, oh, I don't know. And then we just turned away. Because I, I just think, like, we're going to be fighting each other tomorrow. Like, staring at each other for a length of time is not going to solve anything or determine who's going to win. And, like, I, I think the promoters egg that sort of stuff on. So, like, one does eventually crack and say something and then it does boil over. And then it promotes the fight, promotes the show. And, you know, I think promoting all good publicity, all bad publicity, all publicity is good publicity. Have you ever been sat in your dressing room and thought about how hard someone stared at you the day before? Yeah, I think, just to be fair, I did when I bought that Kazakh, he bloody looked at me like... <laughs> <laughs> he had a crazy look in his eye, that fella. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. Uh, round three, well, that Kazakh um, was uh, like... Well, I remember. Was that the fight you went to, went to 10 rounds, didn't you, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I probably should have pulled out. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I was probably on a blagging mission with Victor Lachlan that night. I just kept blagging Victor Lachlan. That was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Winking uh, at him. I was okay. Yeah. Well, round three, McCall, you touched on a referee there. You want to talk about referees, you know, they're, they're human and they make mistakes. Yeah, so... Um, like you said, Matt Lyson watched this and everything and the referee I was speaking to and he was talking about watching something and I just think, wow, they're just, they're just normal people like us. Like We think that they're just immune to all the criticism, all the hate. They make one little... from. It's like a, a trend now that if they just make... like It's a bit popular to have a go at the ref or the judges. They make one little mistake and I feel like it's magnified now and they're slaughtered for it no matter what. And don't get me wrong, sometimes it is right... But they're doing shows up and down the country, week in, week out, and they're probably doing a good job. But the one time that they may do something off-key, it's in front of the public, and they're just slaughtered for it. And uh, I just think, sometimes, I think they get too much of a rollicking. Yeah, you know what? Go on, John. No, go on, Steve. Yeah, 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 they make mistakes. Football, I think a lot of it... When it's, there's more and more of it picked on referees, I think it comes from this football and VAR and whatever. You know what? The only thing I just wish was allowed sometimes in boxing, yeah, they do make mistakes. You know, and I'll, I'll be honest, most of our referees are very, very good. I mean, British referees are really good at the moment. There's referees emerging like Kevin Parker in the Midlands, who's excellent. He refereed that Smith Eubank fight and he, he was fantastic. He helped make it. You know, the, the rematch, the fight that it was, he was absolutely brilliant that night, Evan Parker. And I think we've got good, good referees. I just wish that referees and judges, and it's like any sport, I wish it in football, 
they was a, they, they would you know perhaps explain why they come up with a card or why a decision was made in the fight. That's my only gripe, and it, that, that isn't a gripe with a referee. That's a gripe with you know governing bodies, you know commissioners like the board uh, who don't allow who allow them to sport speak to the media expert. I'm sure some of these referees would if they thought it would get the stick off their back. Well, on the whole, I think our boxing referees in this country are excellent. Yeah, it's, it's not an easy job being in the ring, is it? No. You know, but it's like a three-dimensional job, isn't it? You know, they can only watch from what angle. If something happens on the other side, you know, you can't be expected to hey. see it, especially in a little sports hall in Wigan where the lighting's not great. But <laughs> some of the scorecards are beyond belief, yeah. aren't they? But that, that's the one thing that drives me mad more than anything. But... Actually, in the I was just whinging at the referee for not warning Katie Taylor. No, 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 that's how he interpreted it, wasn't it? So it's it's for scorecards that get me more than any decisions in the yeah. actual. Yeah, I think you're right, John. You know, I, I, as you say, you're on the blind side. Experienced fighters know what to do on the opposite side with the ref. They know where his positions. You must probably feel his breath on you. They're that close to the action. But no, I, I think some of the stick they get is unfair. I'm one with you, Macca. And hopefully you'll get one now. It gives you a close decision for giving them a bit of support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, um, I'll just go and grab my charger quick before the next round. My phone's about you to go start. and grab your charger. Me and John are entertaining our um, public. Right. Two seconds. It's a fair point about the referees. You know, I think a lot of it, John, comes from football. But you don't yeah. get it. I mean, I follow a lot of cricket. You don't get it in that because the... Well, not VAR, you know, the system in there for replays is, is freaking incredible. You do, they yeah. just do not get it wrong because of the technology and, and everything. But it works in cricket, doesn't it? I, I don't I don't like VAR in football because it, it takes takes away the flow of the game. But there's also another reason I don't like it in football, Steve. You're a big fan. But would, you're a Fulham fan. Imagine if you were playing Chelsea and you're winning the 94th minute with a goal that's clearly offside. You don't, you, you don't give a monkey. You don't give a monkey. It's what football is. Football's such a tribal sport. We yeah. all moan about VAR. Like I saw some club the weekend going on about it. Oh, VAR went with us for once. You don't mind when it goes with you. You know, yeah. and that's exactly right. Here's the main man. He's back yeah. now. We can in, crack in fact, on the round. Go in on, fact, Steve, it's better to win in a controversial fashion than it is in a, yeah. in a, not, in a fair fashion. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll get millions in the rematch. <laughs> <laughs> and in round four, great, great, great. You know what? The magnificent seven card was magnificent the other week. We got we got this great show in Dubai. But I tell you what, this uh, this show that Jamie Conlon's putting on with Matchroom on Saturday night in Belfast is excellent. Not just the top of the bill, Jordan Gill against his brother. Michael Conlon. No wonder it sold around 10,000 tickets that this show go at the end of last week. And one of the fights on it, Lewis Crocker and Tyro McKenna. John, you want to talk about it? Yeah, Mac could be good on this because it's around this sort of white class. I, I just wonder if we might see Crocker, Lewis Crocker finally burst out onto the mainstream me in this fight. If you speak to yeah. people around the gyms, they know how good and how dangerous Crocker is. He, he, he can really whack, can't you? Yeah. I just wonder if he's found the perfect opponent in Tyrone McKenna, who's going to be tall right there for that left hook, and it could, it could make Lewis look a million dollars. Tyrone's going to be there for a fight. He's going to keep coming. I imagine he's a tough bastard as well, Tyrone. He's going to take some shots, but I just wonder if it might be the night where Crocker really shows what he's capable of. 
it, whatever, it's going to be fireworks. It's going to be a great fight, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I've been. I thought Lewis Crocker would have burst out way before now. Yeah. Um, when he was coming through on them MTK shows and that, yeah, he was like a little Carl Frampton, just like I don't know. He had this boxing ability and he could whack, and he was he was icing everyone. And so I thought he's going to be mega, and I thought by this point he would be, but um, I don't know if outside issues or whatever have prevented him. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, I think Tyrone McKenna is a big name. Exciting fighter, talks to talk. You know, I think I think he's the perfect opponent for Lewis Crocker to really announce himself. People go, wow, who's this kid? So yeah, I'm, I agree with you. But I, I wouldn't write Tyrone McKenna out no. though. Not not a chance. Yeah, I, I, I fancy Lewis Crocker. I'm a big big McKenna fan, and I don't know if you know Tyrone Mick as Tyrone McKenna as he uh, goes by. But you know what? He's a he's a really really. Lovely, lovely fella. You put me, you put me a more, well, guy you just warm to. He's lovely, but you know what? I just think Crocker punches a lot harder, and he's fresher. And it's one of those, you know, saying I come up with a lot in there. Right fight, right time for Crocker. But it's about time he did break out. I remember him. Oh, one of his early fights in Fox Nation, which seems an eternity ago. Yeah, yeah. But I tell you, yeah. McKenna will also be thinking it's a good fight for him. If he can yeah, get close, well, use that fitness and strength and push Crocker back, he'll be thinking, well, oh, he's never dealt with anything like this before. And McKenna will be confident. You know, yeah, McKenna, but... McKenna's, McKenna knows he's going to get hit, <laughs> doesn't yeah. he? If Crocker might not believe he can be pushed back. So I, I can't wait for it. I think it'd be the fight of the night. Yeah, so yeah. if Crocker's landing big shots on McKenna and, he, and at one stage it looks like McKenna's going to go and then McKenna gets his second win round seven, and starts pushing him back. What what will be made of Crocker? Has he got the minerals to get on with it? You don't know. So yeah. yeah, and you never know. I think McKenna's got better boxing ability than we think as well. So yeah, be sure be sure in the, the Hoara Davis fight where it didn't quite pay off, not going to war, but he still went close in that fight. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, big tall southpaw. I bet he can box really good. I bet his coaches hate watching him box. Thinking, why have you let your head rule your heart? Uh, your heart rule your he head always- again. But, he always says know, that himself. He always says that himself. But I think he's just he's got the fighting Irish in him, hasn't he? And um, that's it. A bit like yourself, Macca. A bit like yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I, I know I should box, but uh, I can't help it. Real <laughs> <laughs> five. Um, I think the one fight on that great, great Belfast bill is uh, Sean McCone, Sam Sam Maxwell. When you use the word the term crossroads, black, this is totally it. I mean. The loser, where do they go? I mean, these two fight each other. Take this on. I mean, they, and I was I was with Sam Maxwell a few weeks ago, well, a couple of months ago, and he said he didn't want to come back. We just have a six round. He just wanted to see what's what's left in the tank. And I just think this is a terrific fight because the loser really has nowhere to go. Um, Sam's bouncing back after the Dalton Smith fight. I think he's had four or five wins. Um, Sean since the Gavin Gwynn. Um, lost when he was, you know, that night. It was a Commonwealth title. I just think fantastic fight, and uh, I don't know. I haven't got a clue who I think is going to win it, even. But these are the sort of fights I just want to see because it's two guys, and the, the loser, you know, retirement is staring them in the face. Yeah, I've got, I've got no clue who's going to win that fight. No clue. So I thought uh, Sam was, Sam wasn't good against Dalton, was he? That was a it was a bad one from from Sam that night, but he still got that right hand. McCall might be 
boxing nicely with a big lead and that right hand might come out. I've got absolutely no idea who's going to win that fight. But you're right, Steve. It's it's like a loser leaves town match in wrestling, isn't it? It is a loser leaves town. What's mad? They were such close friends as amateurs, lived together and everything. It's mad. No. Oh, uh, I I think I think McCombs gonna win. I think McCombs a lot more ambitious at the moment. Hungry and still got a, a lot of life left in the tank. Whereas I think, which could play in his favour, is Sam Maxwell's a bit like uh, I'm just gonna go for it, see where I end up. Whereas yeah, if it gets hard, will he go? Ah, well, you know, retirement's in the in the picture anyway. But at the same time, you know, Maxwell's got a big right hand. You you wish he would go for it a bit more sometimes. So you're thinking, well, the fact that he's like, I don't give a damn, I'm just going to go for it. He might put on a career best performance. I think, what the hell? Throw the kitchen sink at McComb and land that big right hand, like you say. You know, you never know. But I think, I always thought McComb, McComb, whatever, however you pronounce it, I thought after his fight on the boxer show, he would have stayed on boxer and really progressed. But I don't know, he's, he, he, he had boxing then and he's now fighting Maxwell. But just before we just before we move on, then who's going to win, Williamson and Ajako? Uh, I don't I'm know. Gonna go, I'm gonna go. Ooh, okay. I think I've we got, might got, get the better Troy Williamson. I think. Well, you know what? I did pick that. I'm gonna go with Jarko. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> no, you don't know. It's a cracking show, isn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. I, I remember starting a Jarko. I remember sparring a Garko when he was 14 and I must have been 16, 17 and he could bang like fuck then. Right, <laughs> <laughs> okay. round six. Final final round about and uh, McCullough, you, you were sort of talking about the small hall boxes and how it needs a revamp, um, how promoters should promote it. You've been on them this year, so you've got experience no. of it. Give us what, what you think needs to happen. No, no, I'm just thinking, would it not be better if, like, the promoter said, I'm going to give such and such a fight 500 quid. You're definitely getting this amount of money. You're getting this amount of money. You're going to get 10% of the tickets that you sell. So it kind of puts it on the promoter then to promote the show, and it's on him. Whereas at the moment, you see, I know they lose money, don't get me wrong, but I think like fighters, it's all on the fighters. You've got to sell your tickets. You've got to do this. But I think, well, why don't the promoter like yeah. promote the show as well? And like, like with the TV shows, Obviously, they have a bigger budget, but they give a certain amount. Whereas small um, non-televised show, they'll go, well, we haven't got a bigger budget, but you're on a four-rounder, you get 600 quid. You're on an eight-rounder, you might get 800 quid or whatever. The promoter uses his brain to go, all right, well, that I know that kid will sell loads of tickets or he's a bit of a bigger name. Um, so he'll probably just get a bit more than the average. But we have like an average price of what small hole f- fighters will get and then they'll get a percentage of the tickets. Just an idea. I'm not saying that should happen. I'm not yeah. saying it could. Just something to debate. But that's what you know. What when I first started going small boxing in the in the well later, oh God Almighty, generations ago in the mid 70s, and I followed a lot of small boxing in London, in South London, in the 80s when I had a bit more money and was working and stuff. And it was always then they was always guaranteed a purse plus commission. It's only coming over the last decade. I'm not saying what's right or, or wrong, but um, I don't even know how all, all, this, all, this, all this came in. But what I will say is, I get what you say about give the fighters so much. But you know what? There's fighters out there today, and good luck to them, as you got to say, who are on mad sponsorship on small hall shows and haven't got the impetus themselves to get out there on, on, on tough tickets. I know a couple of boxers who are on five, six hundred pounds a week. 
<laughs> Flipping out fair play. Well, good luck to this. It's a hard job, but you know what? And I think one of them could be a bit more motivated. I'm not going to start slagging individuals. Could be a bit more motivated in his training if he, um, if he, you know, went out and did that. So I think there's that you've got to consider as well. But I, I, I'm trying to think back where all this come in with ticket deals and jumping on a show where you cover the opponent, put so much in the house and take the rest. I mean, it's great for some boxers. I know a couple of fighters in London that are selling selling like um, 10 grand worth of tickets and walking out with five grand for four rounds. But there's other fighters uh, who are suffering. So uh, I think whichever way you went on that, McCauley, I just think there'll be a, there'll be as many people on one side disputing that. And I, I dare say you realise fighting on five, and they've all been small hall shows this year, your five. I know the last two or three have. That was Sky Sports, and then I had two on Sky, didn't I? So yeah, I did but, right. the, the last one, like the last one, for example, you was on Gary's show the, 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 the other yeah. week, and you know, you had a good win against Mamadoff. But if you've got on Gary's show that's next week again, which there was talk of you doing, yeah, I'm guessing it would have been impossible for you to go back to the same blue collar fans who follow you and sell before Christmas, and you'd have ended up fighting for nothing by the time you put in the house and covered the opponent. Yeah, of course, yeah, definitely. That's that's how it is. Like, you, you, especially on two weeks' notice, it's hard to it's hard to basically you're paying for yourself, aren't you? You're yeah. just making the money through the tickets. It's like me getting say three grand together and giving the show three grand, but it's just like you're doing it through the tickets instead. I'm yeah. just, I know the game, I know how it works. It's just, I just think maybe should the promoter say you're getting four hundred? I know he's a bit better. He's 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 he can sell more tickets. I'll give him he's seven hundred, and he'll get ten percent of the five grand of tickets. I don't know, just make a different way of yeah. thinking of it. John, it what's your take? Yeah, it seems to me like um, the the clues in the job description, isn't it? Boxing promoter. <laughs> yeah. No, if you're a boxing promoter, promote the boxing. It seems like yeah. we're relying on repeat business. We reply, we're relying on old fans. If Macaulay's fighting on a show, we're relying on Macaulay's fans to come and watch him. Yeah. If you're promoting boxing, you need to be promoting it to new people so you get a constant flow of people. You need people to be coming watching Macaulay who don't know him. Not that's yeah. not fans that he has to go and personally sell a ticket to. You need people to look in the paper or look online and see, oh, Macaulay McCowan's fighting, I want to go. Yeah, Boxing. or McCauley's fighting another good kid. And then yeah. the whole, it's like the UFC model, they, they, they don't really specify on the indi individual fighter. It's like the the business model all goes, the event is a big event, in it? Like like with these small old shows, if they put on loads of good fights, the whole event would sell itself, not so much the fighter having to sell it himself. You know what I mean? That's the only way. That's the only way to do it, McCauley, isn't it? Because it's impossible to promote a nine-fight, ten-fight bill where it's all home fighters are going to win against Latvians any differently. Yeah. You can't promote that any differently. The only way you can promote yeah. small holes these days is to put good good fights on and sell it on that. I, I do yeah. think there is. I do think they're starting to do that, though. I, yeah. I do think a lot more better fights are happening on yeah, the show. You know, for a down to it winds me up with small boxing and your calls the venue and it always stands out. People literally just buy a ticket to go and watch their mates fight. 
They'll watch one oh. fight and then they'll go to the bar at York Hall and they might come back for the main event at 10 o'clock. Yeah. There was a show at York Hall <laughs> the other week on Fight Zone that TN14 put out. It was sold out and there was never more than no one in there until the last hour of the show. They was in and out and go to that pub over the road from York Hall for a couple what of hours. And come, what and come, everyone like wants themes? to see the main event. Sorry, John. What about having like themes to shows like uh, Lancashire versus Yorkshire? Yeah, I, I think that there's a good one this week. Um, a dinner show they do well down at Cannock, um, Excelsior Sporting Club because it's St Andrew's Day on Thursday. They've got an England Scotland team where Ian Wilson's bringing three boxers down in 50 50 fights against three of John Pegg's kids. Yeah, yeah, that box off has started, and that, that's good. It's like it's like football teams, you know, that box off. Um, yeah, you know, the Manchester, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. I'm robbing an idea there, yeah, yeah. 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 That's a good format. Like, it's, you know, so people get behind Manchester. It's like a football team, isn't it? And then, oh, he's boxing yeah. for Manchester. Oh, that's good. And then you can try and nick a few you know, of your own supporters off the back of it. I think that's a good format. Will it take off? I don't know. But I don't know. I just good to try a different idea. Another thing I was thinking, like something these, I think these Saudis should do when they get into the flow of it. Instead of having, like, they're showing Belfast great. There's lots of light, middle, welterweight type fights. Put on a six-fight bill that's got heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight, yeah. welterweight. Yeah. Like, so that people can follow people's careers through, you know? So people are going to a show and they, see, they know they're going to see a heavyweight fight. They know they're going to see a flyweight fight. And they get something different right down the card. Just yeah, of course. I know it's but, difficult. It's not easy, yeah, is but, it? But... Before we'll start... we let you go, before we let you go, McCoy, one question. John Tuck on Saudi Arabia there. Is Joe taking you out there to get a bit of the money? You better do. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> you taking us out there? <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully. I'll get there in my own right one day. If, yeah, if you had to pick your opponent for a Saudi show, who would it be, Macaulay? You're not allowed to say Michael Mooney or someone like that. All right. Um, you know what? For, for the Saudi show, I'd just go all out, all in. And uh, I'd say Chris Lee. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, no, I'm Canelo. I'd say, you know what? Let's fight Canelo. Brilliant. Fellas, thanks very much indeed. McCauley, you've been brilliant with joining us tonight. Uh, John, thanks as always. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to you two, most of all, though. Oh, brilliant. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews. Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.